lesson comes from Luke yes. chapter 13, verses 1 through 9. At that very time, there was some present who told him about the Galileans, whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. He asked them, do you think that because these Galileans suffered in this way, they were worse sinners than all other Galileans? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all perish as they did. Or those 18 who were killed when the Tower of Siloam fell on them, do you think that they were worse offenders than all the others living in Jerusalem? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all perish just as they did. Then he told this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came looking for fruit on it and found none. So he said to the gardener, See here, for three years I have come looking for fruit on this fig tree, and still I find none. Cut it down. Why should it be wasting the soil? He replied, Sir, let it alone for one more year until I dig round it and put manure on it. If it bears fruit next year, well and good. But if not, you can cut it down. You listen to the scripture from the Gospel of Luke. It has a message for all of us. After all, it's Jesus speaking. The question that comes to mind as I read the scripture, trying to prepare the meditation, is this. What does it mean to give up? Or better yet, how does it feel to never give up? Think about it. Because the message for this day is very simple. That God never gives up on us. And therefore, we need not give up on ourselves and on our dreams. Because every one of us have a dream. This morning is a perfect example with two who never gave up their dreams. Sarah never gave up a dream 
to be a missionary. Becky, since a Christian pilgrimage, never gave up a dream to work with hospice. So the question again, what does it mean to give up? Or better still, how does it feel to never give up? From the many stories about the life of Winston Churchill, a former Prime Minister of Great Britain, comes the report of a commencement address he delivered. And before he took the podium, there was a lengthy introduction of who Churchill was. And then Churchill went to the podium. He looked at the audience and he looked at the new graduates. Never give up, he pronounced solemnly. Three words, never give up. Churchill then walked and took his seat. As the stunned students sat in silence, Churchill, with perfect timing, once again rose from his chair, returned to the podium, looked at the audience and the graduating class, and again announced, never give up. Once again, he returned to his seat. I mean, can you imagine inviting somebody to give your commencement address and all, that's all he's going to say? And sure enough, Churchill returned to the podium again and again and yet again, five times, each time delivering this single-minded message. At last, feeling he had exhausted his audience and driven home his point, Churchill himself did give up and return to his podium no more. But you can be sure, you can be sure that every graduate in that audience never forgot that speech and never forgot that he or she was to never give up. What does it mean to give up? How does it feel to never give up? The church, has the church forgotten that it has received the same message from the divine, from God? This is the same message the church is receiving from God day after day. Never give up. God has promised never to give up on us. 
In fact, Jesus says, the gate of hell shall not prevail against the church. And for 2,000 plus years, the church has been marching on. And the message is the same. Never give up. It is really refreshing to be in the congregation this morning to hear Sarah says, I was in seventh grade and this church has nurtured me. I was in high school going on mission trips. This church has nurtured me. And it is after everything you've done for her and with her in the name of the Lord that God says you're now prepared to go to the mission field. The message of the church for over 2,000 years, my friends, is never give up. Because all of the scriptures of the Old and the New Testaments are a record of how God never, never gave up on anyone. If God is on your track, on your case, he's going to see to the end. No matter what you do, the children were assured this morning that we all make mistakes. That's what Jason said to them. We all make mistakes. But if you connect with God, my friends, God is ready to forgive you. And therefore, you go back from the beginning where God never gave up on Adam and Eve when they disobeyed God in the very first rule that God gave to humankind. They disobeyed God, but God never gave up on them. And we know the rest of that story. You go back to Abraham, who lied, and Sarah, his wife, who laughed, and God never gave up on them. God knew what God has promised for them. Even though they disobeyed God, even though they disregard God's will, God never gave up on them. You go to Moses, who resisted God's call to be God's witness with many excuses. We know the rest of the story because God never gave up on Moses. Oh, you go to Saul, who persecuted Jesus Christ and consented to the death of the very first Christian who died by stoning, Stephen. But God never gave up on Saul. In fact, God called Saul, changed his name to Paul, and today in the scripture, we have 13 of the 27 books of the New Testament written by this man called Saul, who became Paul. God never gave up on him. You take the Jewish people, for example. They disobeyed God. They rebelled against God. And they even worshipped idols. But guess what? God never gave up on them. And my friends, they are not only history, the Jewish people, they are also current events. Because if you understand, God is still with them, never giving up on them. And everything written about the Jewish people in the scriptures is gradually being fulfilled even in our eyes today. God never gave up on them. Oh, and you take Peter, 
Peter who denied Jesus Christ, that he never knew Jesus Christ. Jesus who was his master and Lord, but God never gave up on Peter. In fact, Jesus said to Peter, on this rock, I will build my church. You would think somebody like Jesus will run away from Peter who had denied him three times. But no, if the foundation of the church is Jesus Christ, my friends, Peter is next. God never gave up on Peter. You take the disciples themselves. They all ran away. And they hid themselves after the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. But did God give up on them? No, God never gave up on them. You, who am I to think that God will give up on me? And who are you to think that God does not love you and therefore he will give up on you? My friends, God, oh, God will never give up on you. You read the scripture from the Gospel of Luke, the 13th chapter. And what do you see? In the first instance, I saw what I will call human pride. Human pride in verse 1. Because the scripture says, Now there were some present at that time who told Jesus about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mixed with their sacrifices. This is the way it went. A group of people thinking they are all self-righteous. They came to Jesus and say, oh, some people from Galilee, uh, Pilate had mixed their blood in the sacrifice. Uh, uh, you know, that will only happen because they were not good people. That's the pride of humanity. In other words, we are better than them. Guess what? I am here telling you, Jesus, I was not among those in the sacrifice of Pilate because I'm okay, I'm good. Human pride is all over the place. We always think we're better than the other person. And my friends, we're not. You may be more beautiful than the other person. You may be stronger than the other person. You may be wealthier than the other person. You may be more educated than the other person, but God knows you are not better than anybody. We are all the same, my friends. In the eyes of God, we are the same. Amen? The God who created us, looked at us, and everything that God saw after your creation is beauty. And God says, Becky Johnson is beautiful. And there is a period mark. Now, humankind would say, this person is beautiful, but God never said that. He said, you are beautiful. And that's who we are in the eyes of God. And therefore, from the human pride, my friends, you go to the divine proclamation. 
Because when there is pride in the presence of God, there has to be a proclamation from God. Jesus answered, says the scripture in verse 2, do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all of the other Galileans because they suffered this way? Do you think they are worse sinners? I tell you, says Jesus, with an emphatic no. No. Then he cautioned them by saying, but unless you repent, you too will all perish. Or those 18 who died when the tower in Salome fell on them, do you think they were more guilty than all the others living in Jerusalem? I tell you, no, says Jesus. But unless you repent, you too will perish. Don't ever think you're better than anybody else. But for the grace of God, you can be worse than that person you're comparing yourself to. Jesus is telling them in direct message, don't think that you're better than them. Don't think that you're more righteous than them. My friends, to never give up should be the hallmark of every Christian. To never give up doesn't mean the same thing as to never suffer defeat. You can be a Christian and you suffer defeat. You can be a Christian and go through cancer. You can be a Christian and lose your home. You can be a Christian and suffer defeat. In this week's gospel passage, Jesus refused to give those questioning him an easy answer that only the wicked suffer while the just or the righteous go through life safe and sound. Because at times that's what we think. It is only those who are wicked, only those who are sinners, they are the ones who suffer. We don't suffer because we are okay in the eyes of God. Jesus says to us this morning and always, don't you ever think you're better than those who are suffering. Because if you don't repent, you will be like them. It was murder, it was mayhem. And they may come even while you are involved in carrying out good deeds or sacrificial duties. But that doesn't mean you give up on God or give up on the existence of justice and mercy and grace. You never give up on God, my friends. A parent was searching for a lost child. And that parent never gave up. Ever read of some? Some of those heartbreaking missing children posters. You can see on telephone poles or 
the front of a business, look carefully and you will be shocked to see that the last seen dates on some of these pictures are 1986, 1983, 1979. Even when over a decade or two decades has passed, a parent doesn't stop looking for Every day, you walk the streets and you look at the children and you compare, this is the way my child would have been. How does it feel to never give up? So with the human pride in this passage and the divine proclamation, Jesus had to make it a little bit simple for the people. So there is a divine parable. And beginning at verse 6, this is what the scripture says. Then he told this parable. A man had a fig tree growing in his vineyard, and he went to look for fruit on it but did not find any. So he said to the man who took care of the vineyard, for three years now, I've been coming to look for fruit on this fig tree and haven't found any. Cut it out. Why should it use up the soil? Sir, the man replied, Leave it alone for one more year. I'll dig around it, fertilize it. If it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, then cut it down. Sometime back, a brief news item recounted how a two-year-old boy had wandered off, become lost in the woods. Hundreds of local people searched all night for the boy. The next morning, the family dog led the worried parents and all the others to where the little boy was. He was sitting under a bush at the edge of the woods. The father became a living expression of joy as he ran to his son, swept him up, and hugged him close. Answering a reporter's question, the father said later, I felt at that moment 
as though the whole world was mine. My friends, a great example of never giving up for us as Americans and as Christians is a great leader of our nation. Despite business failure, great personal loss, rejection, political defeat, tremendous emotional stress, family crisis, and severe financial difficulties, Abraham Lincoln ascended to the highest position in this country and became president of the United States. You know why? He never gave up his dream. From log cabin to the White House, from poverty to the presidency, Lincoln faced many obstacles, political and private obstacles, but overcame them by faith and determination, never giving up. And so this morning, I challenge each one of us, especially the young ones, if you have a dream, don't give up on your dream. Believe in yourself and believe in God and never give up your dreams. From among us, within the Church of the Cross family, I am sure that Hannah Bichler had many obstacles pursuing a career in the movie industry. But because she never gave up, never gave up her hopes and her dreams, she today is an Oscar winner because she never gave up. Oh, my friends, I can go on and on and on with Christians who never gave up to achieve what God wants them to achieve. I received a call for ministry in elementary school. I was a kid just like Jeremiah in the Bible. And I did not make any excuse to God. I really wanted it. When I got the call, I wanted it. Okay? But then when I was in high school, I made a demand to God. I'll still be a pastor, but I want to do something else. That's what I told God. And my aim was to be an attorney or to work in the diplomatic field. That's where my focus was. Okay? Went to college. I was ordained. And guess what? I wanted to do something else, so God gave me something else to do. I became the manager of the Christian bookstore in Freetown. And then I became a refugee counselor of the Christian council in Sierra Leone. And for five plus years, I did what I wanted to do 
God, I, I want to be a pastor, but not only a pastor, I want to do something else. And then God later on say, you remember what I told you when you were in elementary school? I just want you to be a pastor. And I entered full pastor job without any reservation. And I've been doing it up to now. Never give up the dream. Because God never gives up on you. My friends, when the hopeless becomes the hope field, it is a moment of pure grace. What a rush. A rush of shameless joy for those who never give up. The rush of realization that the ultimate nightmare has been transformed into a dream come true. And this is what God accomplished when the crucifixion became the way to the resurrection. When judgment and death, the ultimate give it ups, have been replaced by redemption and everlasting life. Eternal, never give up. And that's what we all fight for. That's our journey to enjoy everlasting life with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen? Don't give up now, my friends. Every day is not going to be sunshine. Some days we're going to have the storms of life. But just remember this. If Christ is in the vessel with you, you will just have to smile at the storms of life. Because the first disciples were in the vessel with Jesus Christ when the storms bothered them. Oh, and I love it when they said to Jesus, don't you care that we are perishing? And Jesus just stood up and said, peace, be still. You remember the story? That's your life. And Jesus is ready to say to you, everything is going to be all right. But you have to go through the rough times so that you can come out a victor. Oh, even Jesus went through the rough time. He went through Calvary. He went through the grave. But on the third day, there was resurrection. And so this morning, my friends, I give you Jesus. It's going to be rough sometimes. The storms are going to be there. But if you endure to the end, says the scripture, he that shall endure to the end, you will enjoy eternity with him. How does it feel to never give up? In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, God be with us. God be with us. Never give up, my friends, because God is with you. Let the church say amen.